When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Player Profiler and our podcast network is super resource intensive and we rely on premium subscriptions to the website playerprofiler.com to keep the engine running. Go there, sign up for our player rankings, Dynasty Deluxe, DFS package, or go all in. Those that subscribe are everything to us. Welcome back to First Class Fantasy. This is a First Class Fantasy special. Billy and I are set to win $200,000 tonight. <laughs> uh, we might actually be winning second place because Billy and I have a monster that we put together before earlier this season uh, from the from the two-hole. Um, but tonight we started out at the, at the 110 um, and we grabbed Stefan Diggs based on the ADP. We both wanted Amon Ross St. Brown, but the argument was he was coming back to us, but Billy, our, our second round pick turned out pretty good. Yeah, we always get two receivers here at the end that we usually like. Uh, it's not very unique right now at the two spot, but you and I have had this discussion several times. Uh, no need to get too cute here on the turn. We can we can get unique at the three four turn and make sure that we give ourselves some separation from the rest of the field. I uh, know our initial discussion was Stefan Diggs or Amon Ross St. Brown. We were hoping that Brown would might, might make it back. We've seen it happen several times. Brown does go at the end of the first pretty commonly, but sometimes slips to the middle of the second, um, or as you say, the beginning of the second. And it uh, just did not happen. This draft, Tango and Cash is in a lot of, a lot of drafts. We got Tyler Buechler on the end. So a lot, of, a lot of good drafters in here tonight. And we have our own Bradley Stalder. Drafting in the the two hole, he went Travis Kelsey. So just a quick recap: you had a Jamar Chase one hundred and one, then you had a Travis Kelsey, Justin Jefferson, Christian McCaffrey, Cooper Cup goes at the one hundred and five, Tyreek Hill at the one hundred and six, Austin Eckler at the one hundred and seven, Bijan at the one hundred and eight, Nick Chubb gets pushed into the first round, uh, goes at the one hundred and nine. We took Stephon Diggs a little slightly lower than ADP at the one hundred and ten. Amon Ross St. Brown, the Sun God, goes at the eleven. Ceedee Lamb at the twelve. Uh, and then the second round, there hasn't been really anything standout-wise. Um, it's pretty much the picks you would imagine. Uh, Billy, anybody stand out to you as interesting here in the second round, or this kind of paint-by-numbers for you at this point? Uh, it's pretty much paint-by-numbers. I mean, Barkley is starting to climb back up boards. We saw him go at the end of the second uh, for about the last week or so. Dave Hubbard, uh, my draft partner, got him in the middle of the third in the Pros versus Joes draft last week or early this week at Monday. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's time for Barkley's ADP to start climbing after 
finally signing his tender. So I would expect to see him back at uh, the end of round one, beginning of round two here very shortly. Um, and I think that it's pretty pretty common for him to start climbing boards again. So if you did get a discount on Saquon Barkley, glad you enjoyed the discount. Uh, we were telling people to buy. Uh, we had that discussion about two weeks ago on First Class Fantasy. We were telling people to buy the discount um, because eventually it, we would climb back up. So here we are. It's climbing season again, and Barkley is now climbing back towards the top of boards. Yeah, we we run pure generally, Billy. I, I think the, like you know people can keep track, and and you want to. Uh, fantasy receipts us and whatever i think we're gonna <laughs> it's you know we, we 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 not our first rodeo we draft a lot and uh we kind of know the way things are going you see Ramondre stevenson go at the 301 so team one it's an interesting start to go jamar chase and then go i like the derrick henry pick i actually i don't mind the Ramondre stevenson pick if you want to go with the running back there billy but i feel like he loses a little bit of an edge going bang bang running backs there what do you think of that start I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, it's it's pretty common. It's there's so many Chase Henry Stevenson teams. There's this is where like if I'm at the end of or I should say starting on on the tip and in, in, in round one and uh boards coming back to you, this is where I like to get unique because you can push somebody up half a round there, no problem, and try to differentiate yourself. And it's not like it's going to really change the overall look of your team all that much, but it is going to create some uniqueness to your roster. So that's fine. If you want to go chase Henry and Stevenson, um, I'm starting to cool the jets on Stevenson just because uh, most of the report we're getting out of new England is that Stevenson said he had too many touches last year. They're talking about adding another back. It's going to be another veteran. They worked out Fournette. The cook was in the mix that there's so many, so much smoke going on in new England. It's just bound to catch fire. And we think that Stevenson's eventually will, uh, they'll add competition for targets. And w- once that happens, there's competition for touches. And once that happens, we know Stevenson's going to drop. So at this point, I'd say just cool the Jets and Stevenson. Let's see see what happens in the next couple of weeks. And then let's start taking his discount once we do have some clarity. So we're we're in a really good spot right here, OTC-wise. Our queue right now, we're, we're two spots away. The 308's picking uh, Josh Allen's sitting there, Billy. He'd be auto pick for me because of our dig mm-hmm. start. We have an Allen digs connection. Uh, I'm not sure if the board's going to allow us to to do that. I also like TJ Hawkins in here for the structural aspect. I see you put Keenan Allen in the in the board. He makes some sense. I put Jameer Gibbs up here. Uh, Jalen Hurts just because of you know the quality he brings at the position. I'll also throw DK Metcalf into. Okay, so Billy, we're one spot away from a, from a Josh Allen start here. This Canadian ra- Raider 
Okay. Oh. Josh Allen made it. I think it's a pretty easy lock for me. There's only three teams. Uh, or let me see here if there's three. Right now, there's about there's about 21 teams right now that have our AJ, Dylan, and Dig start. When we mix in um, Josh Allen, it goes down to three. So let's go ahead and lock him in. I was actually hoping Hertz would land there because nobody has Hertz with these two. Hertz goes a little bit earlier, but Hertz just went off the board. So we're left with Josh Allen. I'm fine with it. Go ahead and lock it. I, I love it personally. I mean, I think it's it's an ideal outcome to get him here close to the fourth round. We didn't have to reach to get our stack. We let the stack fall to us. I think that's exactly how you want to play it. So we get both guys below ADP. And like you said, it's a pretty unique build. It's not, I'd like to think that we, we're going to put together a better build than the other two teams that that did this same start. So now we're talking about we're, we're five picks away. We got to start loading this queue a little bit more. Um, I'll go ahead and put Jerry Judy up in the queue. I know we both like him. I'll put Christian Watson to push him up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I do like Jameer Gibbs, though, Billy, as our RB1. I think he's Gibbs makes it. He doesn't go in round four very often. Oh, my God. Okay, he so made it. Lock dude, it. We're, 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 both, we're both good with this. Like, yeah. I think this Lock is it. fantastic value. Can Jameer this Gibbs is, here? This is awesome. Like, Gibbs doesn't go here frequently. Well, let's let's sit there, and, and I know it's 50 seconds to go, but let's just be excited about this. Uh, talk about where you're seeing him going billy like lately so adp wise he's kind of going at the end of round three pretty commonly like that that three eight to like three ten range um he's climbing though i've seen him go early round three in the last couple weeks pretty frequently um so to see him go here at the beginning of round four it's um you gotta love the discount yeah i love it i i really love it and i think what's interesting is Shout out to Fantasy Mojo put out a, a tweet showing, and our friend Darren Armani, we'll see Darren uh, in Vegas. He's a, a very good drafter and also puts out a great site in Fantasy Mojo, tracking FFPC ADP. He talked about the, the, how the main event drafters, the $2,000 uh, leagues, are taking Jameer Gibbs uh, higher than the $350 league. So like that doesn't always work out. Like I think that sometimes there's a little bit more aggressiveness and uniqueness when you're talking about that sort of dollar figure entry, though, and, and it's always interesting. And I think that in the best ball streets, whether you play FFPC or underdog, Jameer Gibbs has certainly been rising. And unlike the like the Ramondre and ETNs and Brees Halls, there's really nothing to worry about there. David Montgomery can eat and Jameer Gibbs can eat at the same time. And Billy in a best ball format. Like you'll take the spike weeks with the receiving back, and you don't necessarily have to worry about if he has a a nine point week because hopefully structurally we're we've drafted very very well. Quickly want to point out one thing and get your reaction to this. We see Lamar Jackson go off the board as the QB two, um, at the three o two, several spots ahead of Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen. We've talked about this on First Class Fantasy how Lamar Jackson it's become a big four. People talk about a big three, but if you follow the money. It's clearly a big four right now. Do you see that, Billy? Yeah, it, the draft room, Lamar has been kind of going at that. It, typically after Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, this guy um, doesn't look like he really cares about ADP right now, though. He took Najee Harris about a full round ahead of ADP. Um, he took Lamar Jackson, you know, about a full round ahead of ADP. Um, so he's either one trying to get unique here and build a roster that's unique from the three hole that just people don't have with Justin Jefferson. 
um, or he's just not really mindful of ADP. Um, I don't know. I'm looking up who the who the owner is right now. What's, what, what's the team name? I believe it's Enter the Dragon, but it, it seems like some somewhat abbreviated. Um, just you know, looking at this, it's it's an interesting board tonight, and I think that yeah, I don't know who that people, is. People get into kind of the uniqueness of boards and trying to. Do you see Damian Pierce going slightly higher too? That's like that's, that's actually that's that's oh, like almost two rounds ahead of where he's been going in the last week. We got him. Uh, you know, this has we, been a very busy week, crossover week in in the Roto Underworld. But I drafted with the Goat District on Monday evening in a three fifty FFPC draft, um, and we got Damian Pierce in the middle of the six. Now that's not best ball. But Damian Pierce in the fourth round, you really, really, really are losing your edge. Yeah. I mean, I think that Damian Pierce, like Billy's higher than on him on him than several rankers. But like in this sort of a format, Billy, if he would have taken Christian Watson instead of Damian Pierce, that build is suddenly looking really, really. Yeah, I mean, Damian Pierce is going to come back to him. Like you have yeah. Aaron Jones on the board, Kenneth Walker on the board, J.K. Dobbins on the board. Uh, the guy in the end already has two running backs. So he probably could have taken somebody else there pretty easily and still gotten Damian Pierce and then still had the same build that he wanted to. Uh, if you go to the owner page, uh, Enter the Dragon is not somebody I, I see frequently inside this draft. His his ownership, his his owner name is Be Like Water. I haven't seen that name a lot in drafts. So, uh, well, his, his little avatar is, is Bruce Lee, so he's very, very loyal to the movie <laughs> Enter the Dragon. <laughs> Which is actually a classic. I, I really enjoy it. It would be our friend Dario Ofstein. I would bet about a million dollars Dario has not seen that one. Um, like many Look at that. Oh, my God. It's got more than now five picks ahead of ADP. Uh, Enter the Dragons just saying F ADP. I'm going to get my guys tonight. Which you have to respect. But sure. Um, at the same time, you can build this team and f- fill in pieces in between. Like He could have had Pierce and Sky Moore plus two other players right now in the lineup. I mean, he could have arguably, uh, Lamar probably not coming back to him, Najee not probably coming back to him. So you can make an argument that he pushed those guys up to get them. That's fine um, because he wanted to just wanted to get his guys. But there's a difference between getting your guys and taking them too early. And in this case, it's way too early. Sky Moore is going on average in round 10, which has been climbing from round 11 and 12. You could reach and take him in round nine and be early and still get him pretty much in drafts uh, as of late. So take him in round five, and he just took him ahead of Terry McLaurin. He took him ahead of Drake London, Christian Kirk, Mike Williams, Deontay Johnson. That's a lot of faith inside Sky Moore in this uh, Chiefs offense. So let's talk about our next pick coming around. Darren Waller stands out to me here at the 510. Um, Yeah. Let's look and at then, correlation real quick, uh, uh, just outside of the players. So, so we have Buffalo. Buffalo. Buffalo plays plays New England um, in week seventeen. In week, they got the Chargers. Then, Chargers week sixteen, and then they have Dallas in week fifteen. So we got to look at all three weeks of the shootout. Um, I don't see. Let me see if there's anyone in all three of those teams. Uh, no, um, you could Mike Williams on the way back for week sixteen. Um, that's about it. Um, this is yeah. more of a. There goes, there goes Darren Waller. I, I think that this we look for correlation to the sixth hole and the sixth round. I think here we're looking for the ideal outcome, Billy. And I, I know you don't like DJ Moore that much, but here he's kind of makes some sense because 
you're looking at Drake London, you're looking at DJ Moore, you're looking at a running back like Miles Sanders who stands out a bit. I'm worried about Dobbins being on the pup. Uh, I'll throw Cam Akers into consideration, but I think we lose some edge taking him. Who's the highest edge pick right here with 40 seconds on the clock? Oh, man, that's kind of a tough spot. It's a very tough spot. So I think we lean into structure more than anything. You have two wide receivers. Yeah, I don't don't own a lot of DJ Moore, so I could increase my ownership with this one. I'm fine with it if you want to go DJ Moore. Um, If it's not DJ Moore, I would lean into... Miles Sanders. I'm okay. Yeah, that was either. that was the next one I was gonna say. Um, but let's Either go, Miles Sanders. I, okay. We talked about him on the podcast today. I like Miles Sanders. Okay, so then that's also an easy team to get a little more correlation with, and I think there's an argument to be made when it comes to these rookie uh, quarterbacks to lean into their RB one because oftentimes the pass catchers work um, kind of does not go as as expected. And I think there's a little bit of interesting correlation between like a Stroud with a Pierce or a Bryce Young with a Sanders. Um, I think that that could be a secondary quarterback for us to lean into that's going to be very, very cheap. Um, so right now I have Drake London, DJ Moore. Let's throw Chris Godwin. Let's throw Deontay Johnson. Well, I think we're kind of pot committed to wide receiver here. Where are you at? Brandon Ayuk also interests me. Yeah, I, I don't think we have to lean receiver. I mean, although I, I probably prefer a receiver here. DJ Moore probably on the way back. I'm fine with it. Um, Deontay Johnson interests me. Yeah, I, I think for me, I'm good, we're going to like the wide receivers. We, we, we've taken two running backs already, so I feel less inclined to take running back. There's no, yeah, there's no, there's no tight end I like here either. We don't need a quarterback. Um, and so the pick is receiver here. I think um, it's... I, I think it's DJ like Moore. It's a, dis- it's a discount on DJ Moore, too. Yeah, let's take DJ Moore. And I do think like he will have some big weeks in that offense based on the running ability of fields. Um, I know you have some concerns about him in redraft, but I think certainly in best ball, he's a value here in the sixth round. Yeah, it also gives us two degrees of separation from the field. So right now we only have one degree of separation from three teams. Three three teams have four of our first five picks, which is I usually like to be a little bit more unique by this point. If we add DJ Moore, we at least have two degrees of separation by round six. This is a uh, a fun build so far. So just to recap our build, Billy and I started out with Stephon Diggs at the 110, followed up with AJ Brown at the 203. We have some regrets that it was not Amon Ross St. Brown, but those regrets went out the window when we got Josh Allen yep. to correlate with with Diggs. So, like, you know, sometimes Billy, the you know, your first instinct's your best instinct. And tonight you end up with one of the best correlation plays you can get. And then in round four, we got Jameer Gibbs at a discount. We got him at RB14. I think by the time we draft in Vegas, Jameer Gibbs is going to be like running back 11 in main events consistently. What do you think happens on Thursday night? Because Thursday night is, is, is week one. And for those who are unfamiliar, in high stakes, we call it the free look. So we draft on Friday, Saturday uh, as well. And you have the luxury of knowing the Thursday night outcome of being able to plug that player in your lineup or not plug them in your lineup. That being said, because the game is over, ADPs usually shift pretty drastically. What is your prediction on Jameer Gibbs, Amon Ross St. Brown, and the rest of these teams' players? Where do they land after week one on Thursday Night Football? I think that Amon Ross St. Brown and Jameer Gibbs are both going to be getting drafted higher 
than than people think. I think that the Lions are going to make it a game, and I think the way that that target tree is looking, I think both those guys are going to get double digit cat, uh, uh, like receptions potentially. I think Gibbs might have eight eight catches, and I think if Gibbs goes nuts, I think he could go way too high. So my my take with Gibbs is I want to draft him kind of before Vegas because yeah, yeah. Uh, like you know how crazy it gets when you draft on on that that Friday. Are you going to draft post draft on Thursday, or are you taking that night off? No, I have a draft kicking off right after the game. I think it's the five k actually. So that's a lunatic move by Billy Muzio, where the <laughs> where it's at. I I've done it before. I prefer doing a nice ten in the morning on Friday draft. First of all, Billy, it's going to keep your night late, super late. You're going to wake up Friday and you're going to have another draft and you're going to be feeling it. It's such a lit environment when you're in these live drafts in Vegas. I mean, it's it's amazing. My my first draft on Friday starts at no, uh, noon Eastern, so I get 9 a.m. So I'll get at least seven hours of sleep that night. Which are, I do. The, know, I do at 10 a.m. I do at 10 a.m. I think the morning of the uh, the 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 Thursday morning though, I do that 9 a.m. three thousand dollar varsity. Yeah. With, with and I split that one with Andrew uh, and with Dan. And then I believe we're going to do a four-handed uh, with JD as well uh, main event. I think that's on Thursday during the day too. I, and I'm also bouncing around to, you know, the FFPC competitor where we're not going to say their name right now because we're 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 doing an FFPC draft, Billy, and, <laughs> and we're loyal to our to our sponsors. But you know, you probably know the other one, guys. And then so right now you see Alexander Madison go off the board. Seventh round, Alexander Madison is a little more interesting than where he's going. And I'll say Pacheco went a little bit higher than I would imagine. Um, anything stand out to you in terms of surprise picks in that sixth round? No, uh, Enter the Dragon kept it pretty chalk here. He went with ADP. So that that's the biggest surprise. <laughs> so far, ADP's been out the window with him. Uh, DeAndre Swift went a little high. J.K. Dobbins has been slipping as of late, and that's about where he's been going. Drake London's been slipping as of late. That's about where he's been going. Um, Pacheco climbing a little bit. Um, so this this round uh, round six is pretty much business as usual, with the exception of us getting DJ Moore a little bit later and um, the players that I just mentioned. So nothing outside the norm in round in round six. So there I we go, love, Brandon Cooks. <laughs> I I would love a seven ten Hollywood Brown if he somehow lost to there. I think that we would have the week seventeen uh, AJ Brown and and Hollywood Brown going one head to head in that Philly Arizona game would be pretty exciting. Javante Williams is interesting because it looks like he's going to start the year, not on the pup. Um, he's seen his ADP rise significantly. He should uh, practice today, which I was kind of shocked to see. Javante's back, man. And I think the people need to kind of temper their expectations a little bit, but I think that all signs are pointing that he'll be playing week one. And that's an offense that needs playmakers. So right now we're four away, Billy. I have Hollywood, Michael Pittman, Javante Williams, James Conner. There's not a whole lot of edge there. Uh, is there anybody we want to push into this queue right now? No, we really need to start looking at correlation right now. We just have this like six man parlay going. We need to start five. I should, we do have Josh Allen and Buffalo, I guess, but yeah, we need we a pretty. We definitely need to start correlating a little bit more. So we got well, I'll Dal- Dallas Chargers, New England. We got to start thinking about. We have Carolina plays. Atlanta, Green Bay, Jacksonville, and then we have uh, Chicago, who plays. They play Atlanta, Cleveland, Arizona, Atlanta. So Arizona makes sense here, but both those guys just went. That sucks. 
That does um, suck. That's the one I, I had. I had James Conner and Hollywood Brown in the queue. They both went. Billy, I'll throw out one idea: is we lean further into Buffalo itself with James Cook. Yeah, that would work would here as well. Up. We could push him up a little bit. That'd be about um, not a half. It's about about a quarter round. He usually goes on the way back, but I don't think we get cute with it. Then we just take him probably. So I would actually prefer James Cook over the other guys in the queue because I think there's a a real possibility Javante comes back. And I don't really own Javante, so I need to start adding him. And well, there goes Javante. It makes it a lot easier. There you go. Um, and then just would we would be passing on Pittman, Evans, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Traylon Burks, Jordan Addison, George Pickens, Jahan Dotson. That would be the sort of wide receivers we would be passing on here. Yeah, the receiver doesn't give us wise, an edge here. Yeah, and running back competition wise. Like Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, it's it's gotten pretty dusty pretty quickly. So I think James Cook has the upside, and also we lean into our structure. So I I like that pick. We also are kind of able to do a a slight, slight, slight half-round reach because we got so much uh, ADP equity with Allen, Diggs, Gibbs, and Brown, and more. So this is the first time we've had to reach. Everybody else has been falling into our laps. Yeah, and we we can actually get some really easy late correlation with new england so we could look at you know adding Devonte parker we could look at adding juju smith schuster we could look at adding um Gisecki to to further lean into the week 17 correlation and that would kind of clean up a lot of our correlation that we're lacking right now because all we really have is buffalo um and then we could look at you know a secondary stack so philly has arizona week 17 we have detroit uh who has dallas week dallas. 17 um, so we could start looking at these other correlations and, and getting, you know, ancillary pieces here to get ourselves a little bit more correlation. But we don't necessarily have to. We could just lean into Buffalo um, and then lean into their shootout schedule and just add pieces along the way. Um, I don't think you have to necessarily push players up that much to add correlation, although I think correlation is nice and it definitely gives yourself a better chance to to beat the field when you, when you get down to shootout schedules, but nonetheless, I don't think it, you want to put your, you don't want to put yourself in a bind. I agree with you. I think there's a certain point where you have to measure correlation versus best available. I will say if you want to lean, if we want to lean into some correlation here as a pure correlation play Dak Prescott in week 17, Detroit, Dallas, that would be the Dallas exposure we'd have left. If not, I think it's clearly a wide receiver here, and we just take the best available player among Pittman, Dotson, Pickens. Yeah, this is late. Or, this is like a full round late for Pittman. So let's take Pittman. I think we take him. I don't own a lot of them, um, but if I'm going to own him, this is going to be the spot. He's gotten gotten really uh, beat up lately. I mean, the guy has done nothing but catch passes since he came into the league. Last year, he was steamed up to being a really like a, drafted as a wide receiver one, and the catches were there, but he didn't have enough touchdowns to kind of support it. Um, but he certainly caught a lot of balls, saw a lot of targets. And again, we don't know how this offense is going to be. I think that there's a lot of unknown with Indianapolis. Like we think that all the pass catchers are going to take a big step back. I certainly don't think Jonathan Taylor has a path to, um, you know, returning anything as a receiver. But I do think there's a chance that Richardson has tunnel vision for Pittman and he ends up becoming one of these like money zone guys um, that hit. 
Like he's going in a similar range as we saw Lockett and Amari Cooper go last year, a similar range as Christian Kirk was going in last year. Um, and we've seen guys, big ADP hits out of that range. So I'm not ready to bury Pittman, especially when we get him in the eighth round like we just did. Speaking of burying, Jackson Smith, the jig was ADP has been burying. He used to go as like wide receiver 30-ish in these drafts. And as of late, he's been going as wide receiver 40, um, closer to wide receiver 40 than, than wide receiver 30. Um, what do you think is causing his ADP to dip? I think Billy Muzio. <laughs> um, I think Billy Muzio has been such a strong ranker the last few years that I think he's <laughs> swayed the entire market. Um, Billy Muzio could have a burner handle on underdog. <laughs> like like Philly Muzio, and he's in there just drafting JSN, uh, drafting away. So I don't know. I think that it's 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 you know people are scared of, scared of the target competition. Um, Real and concern. I think, yeah, there's there's a legitimate concern there, and I also think that the FFPC drafter is different than the underdog drafter. I think the underdog drafter it's more entry tournament. People are a little more apt to gamble when you are putting a five dollar or twenty five dollar entry in or a $3 entry in. So like the underdog ADPs are not always in line with this $125 tournament. The $125 tournaments here on FFPC, you're seeing people mass enter them and you're seeing a lot of the names that you're going to be drafting against in, in main events. There's a lot of sharp money. Um, and I think Billy, people are more likely to lean into JF, JSN when you have potential correlation with Gino. I don't know. It's it, Gino. I've also seen slipping slightly where like Gino and Daniel Jones are both seem to be going as like high end QB twos. You don't see them getting pushed into the it's kind of like a the gap between Deshaun Watson and the rest of the quarterbacks seems to be widening right now. Is that how you're you're reading it? Yeah. Yeah. Watson's kind of tapering off a little bit. Lawrence has been climbing a bit. It's Lawrence kind of goes all over the place though. I've got, I got Lawrence the other day at like the seven, three, um, but he's typically goes, you know, in, in the sixth round. Um, Herbert's the other one that's kind of been all over the place. Herbert goes sometimes as QB four. He goes sometimes as QB six or seven. Um, QB room is funny this year, man. Um, but after Watson, it, it kind of drop off, it drops off and we usually have a good round or even two sometimes of no quarterbacks being selected. So we are several picks away right now. We're, we're about to pick up the 9-10. Um, enter the Dragon. The wild card just took Romeo Dubs. Dude, so this guy, man. Romeo, Romeo Dubs before Jahan Dotson is something. Romeo Dubs ahead of Jordan Addison is something. Uh, it's something interesting. I'm going to say this to you. This seems like a very good spot for us to create correlation here, Billy. We have game correlation with Dak Prescott and Jameer Gibbs at the 9-10. Dak Prescott. Yeah. We also have the unknown upside of Anthony Richardson with Michael Pittman, which would be pretty interesting to to throw in there. What other? And I'll throw Jordan Addison in the queue here, just based on value, lack of correlation, but value. Those guys kind of stand out to me. It's also an interesting time for tight end twos, and I'll throw my guy Dalton Kincaid into consideration for to lean on this Buffalo stack a little bit more. Yeah, I think they're all in play here. The other one who's just a pure speculative play that I just added to the queue is Dalvin Cook. Yep. Um, at this point, it's just because it's so damn late. I mean, he he has been slipping, and I know that there's uh, you know a lot of reasons why, but there's not very many round nine shares right now in the tournament with Dalvin Cook. It looks like there's maybe a handful, and at this point, we're getting him almost in round 10, which there's only one share in round 10 in the entire tournament. 
if he makes it all the way down to us, it might be hard to pass him, quite frankly. I will say that if we want him, he's not going to make it to 10.03 because Tango and Cash and, and Tyler Butcher, yeah. one of the, they have, you know, each the, have two picks ahead of us. One, they're going to take Dalvin Cook there. Um, just looking at their builds. I, yeah, I mean, Tyler has only two running backs selected and Tango and Cash has only two running backs selected. So this is really late for Addison, too, though. Yeah. So like this team, is oh Addison just went okay yeah teammate got JSN and Addison back to back um both rookie wide receivers yeah that's like that's like a that's like a, almost two rounds of value on Addison Jesus okay so let's quickly look at this quarterback wise where is team eleven and twelve at the Herbert had they have one quarterback in the eleven hole Tango Cash has a quarterback twelve does not have a quarterback but there's Kirk Cousins there um he'll he has Lamb so he'll probably take Dak so Dak will probably be gone um. So I, I'm fine. I mean, we don't have we only have Jameer Gibbs to lean into that that correlation. I think I'd rather go with the player here because if Cook lands anywhere, so I'm with he's, you. He's going to be going at around seven. I'm six. with you, and I think that any way you cut it, we're going to get some sort of correlation at ten oh three. Let's take Dalvin, Dalvin Cook. Yeah, this is kind of a, this is late. Okay, so we took Dalvin Cook. This was kind of a free pick for us. Um, and Billy, at the end of the day, I don't mind having naked Jameer Gibbs, naked Dalvin Cook. If we don't get the correlation, we don't get the correlation. We'll no, and there was two other players that we like. There's two quarterbacks that we like in the queue right now. I don't like Anthony Richardson, but we have the correlation. And so more than likely, Tyler takes Dak here on the end because he has the CD Lamb stack. I doubt that he takes Anthony Richardson as well. Um, well, he took McKinnon. Let's see if he takes... Dak That's as well. a super interesting pick. Oh, he passed on Dak. Wow. So Dak Metcalf. Here, uh, hmm. Listen, Dak, like at the end of the day, Josh Allen's going to be most of our startable weeks are going to be Josh yeah, Allen yeah. weeks. But at the end of the day, that Dak Jameer Gibbs game, you don't have any weather concerns. And I do think that there is some backdoor Dallas uh, correlation we can build. We can yeah, we can add Ferguson, Laporta. Michael Gallup. Laporta. Laporta would be a really nice, nice uh, part of this build. So I would lean Dak over Richardson. Me, me too. Here. Yeah, it's and not even close on, for me. Passing honestly. on Kincaid, like we already have. Kincaid's also an interesting argument here. I love Kincaid, but anyway, you cut it to have a little more exposure to the Buffalo, uh, to the Buffalo uh, attack with with James Cook, Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, and, and Kincaid. How many mega stacks are there? We don't have time. Tango Cash took Gerald Everett, too. This is interesting. I, so, I think we take Dak here. We finish our quarterback. We're done with quarterback. Yeah. That gives us an edge at quarterback, an edge at running back, an edge at receiver. We're winning at three positions now, and then we just need to clean up at tight end. I I think I think we lack, just lock Dak in here and then call it a day at the position. Done. Let's take Dak Prescott in the 10th round. I think this is fine value. I yeah, like it. That's a it's a full round of value on Dak Prescott too. So just to recap our team, uh, for anybody listening on the podcast and not watching on YouTube, Stephon Diggs and AJ Brown at the ten, uh, and the the two hundred three, Josh Allen at the three ten, Jameer Gibbs at the four hundred three. We went Miles Sanders. That pick gave us a little bit of pause. It was Miles Sanders or DJ Moore, and we went Miles Sanders, and DJ Moore comes all the way back to us at the six hundred three. James Cook at the 710, slight reach to add into the Buffalo correlation stack. Then in the eighth round, we took Michael Pittman at the 803. 
Dalvin Cook was our our wild card pick. Uh, he fell to us at the nine ten. Then we just took Dak Prescott in the tenth round as our quarterback two, giving us, giving us exposure to a potentially high scoring Detroit Dallas game in Week seventeen. So right now, structurally through ten rounds, Billy, you are at four running backs, two quarterbacks, and four uh, wide receivers. It's crossover week. We have the Thanos father for for Matt Kelly. So it's a Thanos line, perfectly balanced, as all things should be. Uh, we're, we're very good. And at the end of the day, Billy, in this sort of a, a tournament, the running back spot, you know, how fragile would you want to get with this with this group? Because I feel really good about Gibbs and Sanders. and But Cook and Cook both have a little bit of like, potential usage concerns. So I don't think we can get quite as fragile as I would like. Yeah, we could go five, I think, and be done. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't go six with this team, and I probably wouldn't go four just based upon Cook and Cook's usage right now being uncertain. Um, if we knew where Dalvin was was at, I think you could potentially go a four-man running back build here, but I typically don't like to go four in a 20-man draft. 18 it becomes it becomes more frequent where you can get four four earlier backs and stick to four builds and go hyper fragile. But with the uh, twenty rounds, it gives us the ability to add a fifth and not really do any damage to the uh, roster construction outside of, of of the running back position. So I think five is probably the the happy number here with this team. Um, and I wouldn't mind that that fifth being late. Right? We could we could look at someone even in the rounds like 16, 17, 18. Just uh, a kind of a, a a moonshot pick, right? Or someone that may have a role, but it's not going to be a, a massive role. I'm fine with. Um, I think we need to start either looking at tight end here shortly. There's Laporta even early, of course. Into the dragon pushes him up, you know, two rounds. Yeah, um, I mean, like I, I tight end, tight end will be able to to make up for it, but I think we're almost pot committed to taking one here at the eleven ten. Yeah, maybe um, it could be a receiver, receiver too. It could um, be. Yeah, I think we don't want to get behind at receiver either. And looking now that Laporta went off the board, um, if Cole Komet's gone uh, and Dalton Kincaid, of course, if those two are gone, um, and or I guess Chigo's still there too. If yeah. one of those three is still there, I think tight end's the pick. But if those three are gone, um, it would be hard to take a tight end at the first pick. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Um we certainly don't want to reach on a tight end. Kincaid would be an auto selection for us. Uh, you're, I mean, we're kind of pot committed to at least one wide receiver at this turn. I agree. I like, I like Nico Collins. I yeah, like Jacoby I Myers. I know that you brought up Juju Smith Schuster. I'm not as into him as those other two that are. I'm not him. as into him either. With that, it would be a pure correlation play. Yeah. So I think we lean off of correlation. I think like. We talked about it on, gosh, Billy, we've been doing so many podcasts over the last week. It's it's wild. But I think it was a first-class fantasy where, oh, no, this might not have been first-class fantasy. But Jacoby Myers is interesting because he's being pushed down in a lot of these drafts. But if Hunter Renfro is moved, yeah, then Jacoby Myers is going to jump like two rounds. Because Yep, I agree. So I'm all about Jacoby. Um, Dalton Vegas, there, Vegas has correlation. Well, who is it? They have correlation with Indianapolis week 17. So, yep. So, we also can consider Michael, if Michael Mayer later, like if we late. get past these next two teams with tight end, we're going to get someone we like because 
Team eight has two and team nine has two already. So keep your fingers crossed. I might get my boy Dalton Kincaid. We might get Chigo. That would be a really, really nice outcome here at the 1110. Uh, Kincaid would be great with this team with with our Buffalo build. Yeah. And it's interesting because I think like we've talked about, you know, our reaction was, I think the correct one, there goes Chig. So we're, we're really at one tight end here. Um, Oh, there he goes. goes So, Billy, I think we're ideal. I mean, I'll take Jacoby Myers and Nico Collins on this next turn and be happy about it and punt tight end even another round. Yeah, I'd be fine with that, too, as well, because we might get Jacecki on the way back the next one even. So let's game theory this. The the ultimate way of drafting my we want we want uh, there goes Jacoby Myers. Myers. So this is Um, a little bit of a mess. Let's lock in Nico Collins and talk this out. Yeah, we could lock in Nico. Hold up. Let and me just look Rondell around. Rondell Moore has correlation with the Philadelphia game with A.J. Brown. Yeah. But I think Nico Collins is almost a no-brainer. I think that he's... Yeah, you and I are both like Nico. I think I think Nico's the pick. Let's take Nico. I'm a 26% Nico Collins <laughs> underdog. So I'm, I'm, like, about, I'm about 13% in this tournament. Yeah, so I like Nico a lot right now. Um, and he gives us a wide receiver five... Uh, so we still need to keep playing catch up here at wideout, but at least we get a little bit of Nico. I'm going to throw Odell in the queue, naked Odell, because I think he's going to have some usable weeks. Um, obviously, I and Rondell Moore we would be reaching for slightly, but I think he's fine. Um, are there any other wide receivers you want to throw into consideration here? I don't really see one. I think that like this would be a little high for Zay. It would be a little high for Tyler Boyd. I'll throw Darnell Mooney into consideration because we have DJ Moore. Um, but I don't feel great about it. So we're one, yeah, we're one no. pick away. We also could take a fifth running back here. We like Jalen Warren. And yeah, he's sitting right here. I don't know if it's an edge pick, though. And I'll say Tank Bigsby, if you're going to go for a swing for the fences, is one of the best handcuffs right now because if – Travis Etienne misses time. Tank Bigsby could be a top 15 play weekly, and he can catch the ball. So I'll just throw him his name out there with Jalen Warren. Uh, but more likely than not, I think we're, we're I think we should take another wide receiver. Where you at? Yeah, for me, it's probably either I own so much Rondale, I think I want to pass on him here. Okay, I, that's fine. I don't really like Odell this year. I I'm just not sold that he's gonna do much. Um, we could take some cause I don't own any, um, Juju has correlation. I'm kind of leaning that way right now. We, we could go Mike Jacecki with correlation as well. And also fill the tight end spot. I don't think he's coming back now that I've, I've seen the board a little bit more. Um, the board has gone tight end crazy. Um, does Jacecki have enough spike weeks in there that he's going to be worth for this pick because he could be the you- second option in the passing game there. On yeah, a week basis. We're we would be sacrificing. The other idea would be we could take Jacecki and take Henry quite late. And I know it's it's odd. Your call here, Billy. I'm going to defer to you on this pick. Let's take Juju. It fits both. The, it gets us a receiver, and then it also gets us correlation. And I don't own a lot of Juju. Um, Sean Sean Corner just told us to draft Juju. We should just draft yeah. Juju. Listen, I'm I'm okay. It's very it's it's a very boring pick, but sometimes yeah. those boring picks really really pay off. And immediately you see Adam Thielen go immediately after Juju. Like 
you're going to start seeing wide receiver get completely cleaned up. I would have, I, I do think Jalen Warren made some sense. Um, but again, it's, it's a structural lean. Uh, we still need to play catch up at wide receiver. And I don't mind dumpster diving at tight end through, and, and catching up at tight end through sheer volume because yeah. again, we're done at quarterback. Um, so we don't have to play any catch up at quarterback and running back. We really only need one more. If we go too long, though, Billy, you might be a six running back build. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I mean, I'm pretty comfortable with these four. Um, there's, you know, Tajay Spears out there still. There's still Tank Bigsby, Tyler Algier. Those guys yeah. are probably gone by the time it comes back. You got Devin Singletary, who I'd be I, very comfortable with. I agree. Um, you have uh, – Kenneth Gainwell, who would add to correlation with our AJ Brown, which I'm comfortable with. Jerome Ford, I'm comfortable with as well. Um, I so like we the could, Gainwell. I like the Gainwell call, and I like yeah. the Devin Singletary call. I think both those guys are underrated, and for our build, they make a lot of sense because I think they're gonna have, I think they're gonna have usable weeks, and we also get the Singletary, uh, Nico Collins correlation, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna throw Dawson Knox, Trey McBride in the queue for the way back, like round. Uh, fourteen. Yeah, that if makes make sense. it tight end continues to just go. It's just being hammered right now. But yeah, and you see, this will you probably be a four man build with tight end. You know, you you always like for some of these FFPC drafts, tight end can go all over the place. I really don't mind dumpster diving in these best ball streets. Like I like Isaiah Likely late nope. a lot. He had he had you know nearly forty catches last year had a big playoff game, and I think that there's going to be usable weeks with him. And in a best ball uh, format, I don't have to worry about when to start him. But I think at the end of the day, Billy, you bring up the fact you don't love Odell Beckham. We think Rashad Bateman can't stay on the field. Zay Flowers, I really, really, really like. I love the talent of Bateman if he's out there. But at the end of the day, if they're going to be a pass-happy team and you're doing some self-scouting, like Isaiah likely is going to be on the field. And you saw how much success two tight ends had at Georgia – under Munkin, like I think Isaiah likely is underrated. Um, we have Dak, so Jake Ferguson makes some sense. Um, there's a lot of late tight ends that I think we can lean into where I'm not scared of going with like a four tight end build late, late, late tight ends um, yeah. and playing catch up. Uh, I think some people get scared off of that in FFPC, but you know, sometimes these middle class tight ends, they get a little bit overrated. And especially when there's a tight end run, you end up screwing your team up by just breaching. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I agree. I, I definitely think this would probably be a four, a four man tight end build. Um, by the way, it's shaping up, but I'm fine with doing four late. Like I like Trey McBride late. I like Hayden Hurst late. I like Jelani Woods late. I like Noah Fant, Hunter Henry, and Isaiah Likely late. I mean, we could even throw Jake Ferguson's name in the hat here with the Dallas correlation. There's a lot that we can do at tight end still. I threw Alec Pierce and Josh Downs into the queue. Um, you, you mentioned Jelani Woods. I'm throwing him into the queue lean into the Indianapolis pass catchers just because they're so cheap. And we have Michael Pittman. If we had a secondary pass catcher, I, I wouldn't mind it. Um, Alec Pierce is kind of interesting. I erased downs from the queue. We're not taking downs. Okay, so don't take down. <laughs> this was a, and again, Billy, this was a super, 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 super late suggestion. But Alec Pierce, I think, is interesting. Um, you know, if betting on Pittman and, and Pierce – you know, I think they're both a little bit underrated right now. Pierce is a hyper athlete that can get downfield. Maybe the scrambling ability of Anthony Richardson opens him up for some big games. I would not advocate having a lot of Pierce in redraft, but in best ball, he's really fun. There goes Darnell Mooney. 
Mike Jacecki's auto pick for us if he's here. We're two picks yeah. away. Jacecki would be the pick. If Jacecki is selected here, I'm kind of open. I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, making sure we got that game well. There we go. I'm lucky. Let's go. It's Jacecki time. Let's That's lock in Jacecki as our it worked out. one. We get to a little more New England correlation. I will put in Jacecki for us, drafted him. Okay, so now we're kind of open in this pick. It's I have Kendra Miller, Kenneth Gainwell, Jerome Ford. And then Dawson Knox makes some sense here, Billy, if you want to you askew running back. But the good thing about these running backs is it ends our running back build. Um, I kind of like the Gainwell idea. You get Gainwell to go with A.J. Brown in a potential money week situation. You know, and down the stretch, you know, you talk about DeAndre Swift has missed time. Rashad Penny's missed a ton of time. Yeah. Gainwell could be a guy who gets five starts this year. There goes to Eric Prince, slightly higher to Tango and Cash. He's uh he's an interesting player right now. But Henry Miller just goes out of our queue. I'm leaning Gainwell, but I'm open to going Dawson Knox here, Billy, if you want to lean into our Buffalo stack and get our tight end too. Um I lean Gainwell as well, I think. Let's take Gainwell. I think Gainwell makes us the most dangerous if he's here at the 1403. Yeah, Knox has the potential to come back. Okay, so we're going to take Kenneth Gainwell. We're done completely at running back now. uh, Unless some extraordinary value presents itself in like the 18th or 19th round, we're done at running back. Yep. Okay, so just to recap our team for the listing audience, right now we're at two QBs, Josh Allen and Dak Prescott, Jameer Gibbs, Miles Sanders, James Cook, Dalvin Cook, and Kenneth Gainwell should complete our our running back build. We are a five running back build team. Stephon Diggs, A.J. Brown, D.J. Moore, Michael Pittman, Nico Collins, and Juju Smith-Schuster Give us six running backs right now, and then our first tight end off the board is Mike Jacecki. Billy, how are you feeling about this build as we head into the 15th round? Overall, okay. It's not my favorite team, but I think it's um I think it's solid. I, I think it I think it lacks like ceiling upside, but I think yeah. that uh I think it'll be pretty solid overall. Yeah, this is the kind of team that I think can advance out of this particular uh this particular uh league. Mm-hmm. And I think that's half the battle. We've done enough that I think we're in a decent spot for that. But I don't know if it has the 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 extreme upside where I think this could do like a lot of damage deep into the postseason. But at the end yeah. of the day, Billy, all I got to do is get in there and, you know, we'll see where the chips fall. And we still have a few rounds to make us like our team a little bit more. And I think the beautiful thing is I think a lot of these teams have taken – uh, you know, tight ends, and maybe they're going to play a little more catch up here at running back where we're done at running back. We can specifically look at tight end and wide receiver the rest of the way and just keep like a watchful eye on running back to see if somebody falls. Yeah, there's still a couple teams that have one quarterback as well. So they should start to hit the quarterback position probably, and it'll push the other positional players down our way as well. Um, Dan, that was the other player I wanted to keep my eye on that I, I was just forgot to put in the queue was Rasheed Rice there. He's been climbing. Yeah. Rasheed Rice has getting some positive buzz out of camp. And you have, you know, the Kadarius Tony nonsense. Time is a flat circle when it comes to Kadarius Tony. You get a little bit of people getting excited. And then, you know, there's a step back. It just 
it happens over and over and over again. Uh, right now we're at the 1411. We pick at the 1510 in our queue is we still have two running backs in the queue, Jerome Ford and Zamir White. Interesting handcuffs and also the correlation with that that Vegas Indianapolis game, especially if there's a quiet quitting situation. If Josh Jacobs gets jammed on the on the contract, Billy, and, and maybe he plays a little less games this year. I have Rashid Shahid in the queue. I have Alec Pierce in the queue. Second year wide receivers with some upside. I think they're a little underrated right now. I'm going to throw your guy DJ Shark in the queue. Um, I see you put Isaiah Hodgins and and Hayden Hurst. So we have some Carolina correlation we can lean into. I think that would go very well. I threw Mingo in as well. Yeah, Mingo makes some sense. I saw DPJ. Throwing likely in the queue. I'll give you a hat tip to getting me so into DPJ this week, but I think you're you were right on uh, a DPJ being a, a guy that we should be drafting until there's certainty with the Amari Cooper situation. I believe in the talent. I took him in uh, main event. I've taken him in the 350 with the Goat District, and uh, I've taken him an underdog a bunch. I mean, he's a fun player in best ball. Like he also had a lot of correlation, uh, just not correlation, but he just had. Like he connected with Deshaun Watson last year. Like when yeah. Watson came in, it seemed like DPJ was his preferred target over Amari Cooper. Because uh, Amari Cooper had, you know, a great start to the season with Brissett. But as soon as that quarterback change happened, Donovan Peoples Jones was like wide receiver 35 or better every single week. Um, he was kind of sneaky, honestly. Yeah, it's interesting. You think back to, I think like the bull argument is a Will Fuller like player a deep threat who can get downfield and, and do some things. And, and DPJ certainly does have that athleticism in that season where Will Fuller had his, his suspension, he was absolutely crushing it. Uh, and I think that that that's a, you know, that's an obviously a, a tough bar for DPJ to get to, but I think that last year he was also a little bit unlucky with the touchdowns. There goes Jake Ferguson, which was kind of a, a kick in the nuts uh, type selection. God, there's just, Picks going all over the board tonight. It's kind of weird. Like Ferguson's usually like around 17 draft pick. Like Michael Mayer, the guy like Enter the Dragon, the FADP guy, took Mayer and at like round 12, and Mayer goes in like like round 16. Like I just <laughs> there's just shits all over the board tonight. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really messing with me actually because I'm so used to seeing the board in certain ways and this is just all over the place here now <laughs> speaking speaking of board i'm looking at too many things i've got to adjust our view for the audience so they can see so i'm cutting off the first round i'm going to take us to we're two picks away from dawson here. knox making it all the way back to us dawson knox will be an auto pick unless somebody wants to you know not be cool and uh and snipe him he would be a great pick for us both these guys have two tight ends so it'd be their third tight end and they both have early tight ends so it's unlikely it would be probably a block play if they do it it's a it's a block play, but you see stack blockers all the time. Not as much in the FFPC. There's certain. Okay, there's okay, the so there goes Jerome Ford. Needs, this guy needs running back too. So, like he, he should absolutely go running back here. He's got two and a half right now. So Dawson Knox would be a slam dunk pick for us. He took straight. Right. Okay, Dawson won. Awesome, Dawson Knox. Remember Let's we said him. when Gainwell said we have a chance to get Dawson Knox on the way back. So there it is. You played it right, Billy. You you read it. You read it co- correctly. And uh, you know we've we've played a little bit of catch up here at tight end. Certainly, um, we've actually cleaned up pretty enough. nicely already. Yeah. Like I think yeah, if we, we if we take like Taysom Hill or Likely on the way back, or even Jelani Woods, 
Like Johnny deepens our correlation with Pittman too. Um, or do you want a I receiver? Tyquan, Thor- Tyquan Thornton and Devontae Parker as late, late, late rounds. Uh, yeah, I like Parker You're off, Tyquan. I have. I don't think you can be on Tyquan um, if you have never been on Tyquan. <laughs> well, in the, that's a very, very deep, deep, deep uh, answer, Billy. Um, I'll say for for wide receiver, um, Rashid Shahid looks pretty good to me right here. Um, Isaiah Likely, I told you I like. Uh, Jelani Woods is in our queue or correlation. Rashid Shahid just and went. Tango, and Cash, Tango and Cash is a Tango's Cash is a known FFPC yeah. drafter. And they just the sniped uh, Rashid White's uh, Rashid Shahid. So. Very good pick by Tango and Cash. Shout out to those guys if they listen in. Um, I'm open I, here, Billy. I think, I think it's Jelani Woods for me. Um, I don't really see a receiver I have to have that's really going to do much to our build. We have, what, six right now? One, two, three, four. We have six right now. Um, there's, Jelani, there's more, there's more late that I like. I'm fine with Jelani Woods. I mean, I think it. it we're really into wide receiver the next go round, almost bang bang wide receiver. Yeah, we'd be doubling up wide receiver. So let's let's take Jelani Woods right now to give us our tight end three and okay, go ahead and go ahead and lock it. Okay, done. So right now we're pretty much pot committed to wide receivers. I put Khalil Shakir in the queue. DJ Shark is in the queue. Um, I will remove Tyquan Thornton since you don't even want to consider him. But at 20th round, we're, we're talking about Tyquan again. Yeah, I know. We, we can leave Tyquan in there. It goes with the correlation. There's a lot of late receivers that I really like this year. And since we're not live, I can mention them. Like, I like Bob Woods has been going in around 20. I like John Mechie late. I like Curtis Samuel late. MVS has been going late. McCole Hardman's one that I – he's actually my most owned player right now in all formats. I love uh, him FFPC. too in, in best ball. I love him. I mean, you talk about like the so like so much dustiness in New mm-hmm. York, and Hardman is like the speed guy there. Um, I think he's gonna be interesting. I think he'll have like four usable weeks and he's free. Exactly. I mean, and all you really need from around 20 pick is really two usable weeks. Yeah, and I think that's a pretty low for, floor for him. Um, Khalil Shakir goes late, who fits our team really well yep. as well. Um, there's even like sneaky plays like you can do like Mac Hollins, who's technically the wide receiver two right now in Atlanta. And, yeah. you know, if there's an injury to either Pitts or to London, he could have a pretty big role. Um, so there's a lot of receivers who I think have some upside late. Um, I, I personally think with this build, we're we're a four tight end build and we're three more wide receivers. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a, that's that's the, those are the those are the picks. So I think we stay open with our fourth tight end. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to throw Luke Musgrave in the queue. Yep, I like I like um, Musgrave. And I and I I really would hope that it's a Musgrave or likely situation. I like that's both ideal. of them. Um and then I'll say if it if it wide receiver keeps presenting itself, Daniel Bellinger in the 20th round, I think is going to become more and more common. There's a lot of smoke out of Giants camp about them running 12 with Waller and Bellinger. You know how Darren Waller is. They're going to use him in wide receiver uh, type sets mm-hmm. where I think Bellinger is going to be on the field a little bit more than people think. He apparently is, you know, a player that Dable likes 
And I think he could have some value in the 20th round. Not my preferred tight end, but that's like my emergency break glass guy. Yeah, I take him late as well, too. There's um, when you have 15 receivers and 13 of them are shit, um, 14 of them could be shit. Daniel Bellinger makes a lot of sense. Yep. He's There's also been- Kate Otten who goes pretty late. Yeah. Logan Thomas goes pretty late. Um, and Logan Thomas right now is the starting tight end for Washington. So, yep. Logan Thomas, uh, you know, we think back a few years, uh, back and he was helping people win a ton of money. He was on our friend, Abib Agbatoba's, uh, first players championship winning team. The guy ran so won two years in a row, but that was his big tight end pickup, uh, during the year that guy was, you know, that year Thomas was a waiver wire guy. Um, certainly, certainly won people a lot of money. Then he got the bag from Washington, and has been hurt since. But yeah, he's the tight end in town, and um, he's certainly like one we could we could lean into. But for some reason, the it's the the Isaiah likely. I just can't keep getting getting past him, though, Billy. I feel like people are just kind of like discounting him based on you know the target competition. But he flashed a lot last year, and he and he played well in the playoff game. I just can't keep getting off of Isaiah likely. Um, talking wide receivers here, seventeen ten. We're a few picks away. Khalil Shakir, uh, MVS, they're both in the queue. I love Marvin Mims here. I think Marvin Mims at the seventeen ten would be the one I would lean into, just based on a pure talent profile. We're talking about a second round wide receiver who can fly. I mean, this is exactly the kind of guy that I love drafting in the seventeenth round, even though we don't have correlation. You talk about usable weeks in the 17th round. I think Mims could give you several of them. How do you see him landing on the field? He's got an athletic tight end ahead of him. Tim Patrick has been a preferred target for Russell Wilson. They also have Sutton and Jerry Judy. What do you think his role is going to look like? Well, he's, you know, he's got contingent upside. If any of those guys miss time, you've seen You've seen those guys miss time. I mean, it's it's been something yeah. that you've seen from all three of those guys. And it's also a team finishing dead last in points per game. They add a super, super fast wide receiver. Um, they move up to get him. And again, he went in the second round. So I don't think they would. They're not a good enough team that they can, you know, take luxury picks. Like you talk about Seattle with, with JSN. I think it's appropriate that he's a better dynasty pick than he is a redraft pick. And Seattle had the luxury of taking him as a Tyler Lockett replacement. I don't think Denver's quite at that luxury level. Um, to me, I just think Mims is going to find a way to force himself into the situation. But yeah, there's a lot of pass catchers. But at the end of the day, those pass catchers were not doing it last year. Mims is Sean Payton's first draft pick. And I just, I certainly believe in the talent. Um, it's a little bit of dynasty mindset. But at the end of the day, if you tell me I could take a Mims or a MVS, or try to force up a, a correlation. Like I like the idea of taking Mims. I'm sure you don't have a whole lot of them either, Billy. And 1710 is pretty low for him. Um, likely made it back to us. We take likely. I'm down with likely. Likely is a good pick here. And then I would pound the table then, for Mims in the 18th round. And then we're all receivers from there. Yeah, agreed. So let's take yeah. likely here. And we're done at tight end. And I think we recovered very nicely. I do too. You have the correlation plays with with uh, Jacecki and and Dawson Knox. Jelani Wood gives us a correlation play, and then Isaiah Likely just is a guy's a baller. At the end of the day, the tape doesn't lie. At the end of the day, if you have eyes, you can see Isaiah Likely is able to separate and get open on an NFL field. 
I don't know how he does it, Billy. He's not that fast. He's very just – he's like a big, shifty wide receiver with tight end eligibility. I'm so happy Mims went right after. <laughs> well, I, I think, you know, at the end of the day – okay, so which way, which way do you want to – right now, wide receiver-wise – I think we push Khalil Shakir up. It's a, it'd be half a round pushing him up, but it makes so much sense of the team. Yeah, I think it's almost a no-brainer. A second-year player. Uh, Shakir had like two <clears throat> decent weeks last year and kind of left a lot to be desired. But you think about guys taking a step forward in year two, maybe they trust him a little bit more. And I think that the competition for wide receiver three is a little bit overrated. Like people think about like the guys like Sherfield coming in there and challenging Shakir. I don't know. I think Shakir for me is is the one. Uh, if you're going to bet on a third wide receiver in Buffalo, so let's take Shakir and let's Tango and Cash takes him. Okay, so it's Shakir, no brainer. Let's lock yep. him in. And then on the way back, we got McCole Hardman. We got did Parker go? I think he went. Parker he? went. Yeah, Parker went. I went a little higher than he's usually around 18, but there we go. Let's let's also keep like a little bit of an eye on the other positions here, Billy, just because like we've covered up pretty well. Um, I think ideally it's wide receiver, wide receiver, but if somebody value wise presents themselves, let's consider it. Yeah. We got seven receivers right now. I threw Darius Slayton into the queue. I think he's interesting. He gave us a number of usable weeks last year, last year. And we talk about how, all the, the Giants wide receivers are very similar. Darius Slayton's different. Um, and he had success last year. So, yeah, he's the deep I'm, threat. I'm, yeah, let's put him in there. Mechie, um, I put he, in there just now. Yep. And 20th round, Josh Downs. Uh, no, we're not going to do that to you. Let's see. Uh, wide receiver. Um, there's no one that, like, really 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 stands out at running back i'll say this based on our build 20th round pierre strong where people are all expecting a veteran to sign there i think a veteran's going to sign in new england too billy but if a veteran doesn't sign yeah he's got upside and it matches the team i wouldn't be opposed to it 20th round pierre strong makes slight sense i don't see another running back to throw in there i would love to draft keontae ingram i draft him on every single team we do actually have a little correlation with Keontae Ingram with the Philadelphia. Um, I own I own quite a bit of uh, Keontae. I think he's a great pick in the 20th round. Okay, so we have two running backs in there, and then wide receiver-wise, Robert Woods, John Mechie, Darius Slayton, Tyquan Thornton. I don't think we're missing a wide receiver um, right now. I'm trying to think the... I'm looking through the available wide receivers. There's nobody that I'm like just pounding the table for. Um, when you go deeper down the list, there's nobody that really stands out to me as like a really sneaky play there. <sighs> I think we're pretty good with the, who the guys in our queue. We we are. I think we'll get two of those guys pretty easily. Yeah, so that's good. I think we're good. So just recapping our team before we select, we are at Josh Allen and Dak Prescott as our two quarterbacks, Jameer Gibbs, Miles Sanders, James Cook, Dalvin Cook, Kenneth Gainwell as our five running backs, Stephon Diggs, A.J. Brown, D.J. Moore, Michael Pittman, Nico Collins, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Khalil Shakir as our wide receivers. And we are a four tight end build with no tight end selected until the 13-10 with Mike Jacecki followed up by Dawson Knox, Jelani Woods, and Isaiah Likely 
Uh, I like the team, Billy. I think we've caught up well in the back half, and we have enough outs with this team. Uh, we're going to close it off with two strong selections here. We're we're in good shape. Did uh, anything happen to Mechie today? I I haven't been on the computer much, but he's usually around 17 pick. He's still on the board. Camp started today. I didn't see any news from today. No, the only thing he actually practiced and made camp today. He should have. What what was? Why is he still on the board? He was cleared today, and he practiced. Yeah, he, and he practiced. So, so you think he'd climb? Yeah. So I think Mechie would be the preferred selection here at the 1910. Bobby Woods went off the the board anyway. Um, wide receivers very dry here. Mechie, Slayton, and Thornton are only three guys in the queue. And I don't really want to draft any of the other wide receivers available, uh, Billy. I think that let's take Mechie. If Mechie gets selected, then who's the wide receiver we're taking here? If then Mechie gets... In, then we lean into Slayton, I think. Yeah, we could go Slayton. Um, that's... It gets pretty disgusting from there. You could go Palmer. Palmer has correlation with Buffalo in week 16. Um, Taekwon in the 20th, though, makes a lot of sense here. Yeah. I'm looking at the Pierre Strong. If if Mechie goes, there goes, there goes Mechie. Mechie. Okay. It, just, it made no sense why he was still on the board. He should have been gone two rounds ago. That's great value there. So I will say this. Pierre Strong in the 1910 gives us another New England correlation play. We could get Pierre Strong in the 1910 and Tycoon Thornton in the 20th and really lean into that. Um, we could also take Keontae Ingram um, with one of those two selections. Gosh, this is gross. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm a I'm a Tyquan Thornton. Um, Sucker go Thornton. Thornton goes like around 18 usually. This is yeah. this is a discount. He we has, go Thornton. We can go Thornton. Let's go Thornton and strong and lean into it. We might as well. Let's do it. So let's take Taekwon Thornton here. Or do we game theory game theory this one, Billy? Do we take Pierre Strong first and Thornton second? Or do we make sure we get the wide receiver? I think we make sure we get the wide out. One, two, three, four, five, six running backs in the 12 hole. One, two, three, four, five, six running backs in the 11 hole. They need a receiver in the 11 hole. Let's go Thornton. Let's go Thornton. Okay, so we took Taekwon Thornton. Because we have Keontae Ingram as our secondary that we like on the way back. Yeah, so we have two running backs in our queue, and we have Darius Slayton as our 20th round finisher. Uh, there is nobody else to consider. I'm looking at the board right now. I think those three guys make sense. We're four picks away from selecting, and Justin Ross just went. So we have one more bullet to dodge. And then we'll I don't, one I don't think he goes running back. One, two. He's got three tight ends. Two quarterbacks he needs receiver one two three four five six receiver he has to go receiver he's gonna go slayton and terrace marshall all right let's do it um oh there's keontae ingram <laughs> tyler tyler big shout out to you tyler there goes josh, josh reynolds. reynolds okay so we are going to be a pierre strong in the 20th round team billy which might be a dead pick um, but you run that risk with a lot of these 20th round pick guys. Um, yes. Pierre Strong can boogie, though. I hope he gets an opportunity. I mean, you talk about a guy with elite speed, and you know he's an interesting player. If there weren't the Dalvin Cook rumors right now, Pierre Strong would be going about two rounds higher. Maybe three rounds or four yeah. rounds. He was climbing. Yeah, I was there drafting the hell out of him. Okay, so Made it's Pierre it. Strong time. Done. 
Okay, so our team is in the books. Uh, this was a lot of fun. We're, we are going to be, you know, when you're watching this this stream live, this is actually, you know, it's a pre-recorded draft, but we didn't want to get sniped, so it made some sense here. Uh, Billy, thoughts on our team? Uh, we've read it out completely, but just to give it, I'll give you one more time. Stefan Diggs at the 110, A.J. Brown second round, Josh Allen in the third round, Jameer Gibbs fell to us at the 403, Miles Sanders and D.J. Moore in the five, fifth and sixth, Leaned into Buffalo with James Cook, Michael Pittman at the 803, Dalvin Cook, the exceptional value potential at the 910, Dak Prescott in the 10th round, Nico Collins and Juju Smith Schuster uh, in the 11th and 12th, Mike Chisecki, Kenneth Gainwell, Dawson Knox, Jelani Woods, and Isaiah Likely. We took four tight ends in five rounds to make up for it. Then we finish off our draft with Khalil Shakir giving us another Buffalo wide receiver and two more New England Patriots and Tyquan Thornton and Pierre Strong. Billy, thoughts? That's a B. It's a B? It's a B. I'm not crazy about it. Um, Although there's a lot of outs, right? If Juju can produce as as the slot receiver there um, and stay healthy, I think that's going to be a big key with this team as our sixth receiver. Um, we need to know what happens with Pittman and, um, and of course, the quarterback situation in Indianapolis. Um, I would prefer if it was not Richardson to start the season because I think that um, he'll have a better connection with um, Minshew, who's actually an above-average pocket passer. Um, so I think that would be better for Michael Pittman's stock, quite frankly. Uh, Richardson, I'd have some concerns with Pittman. Uh, but I think that it's those two picks are going to really kind of heavily determine what our receiver room is going to look like uh, because we can't really lean on Khalil Shakir or Tyquan Thornton any week. Nico Collins, as much as I like him, has been pretty inconsistent in his career so far. So we really only have three receivers that I'm really lean on and trust with this build here. Um so I'm I'm a little I'm a little I think we're a little light on right. I would have liked to have gone ten receivers or nine receivers. Did did we get nine in here? One, two, six, seven, eight, right? Yeah, we're, um, we're light we're light on wideout, and I think if you're going to play kind of devil's advocate picks, you know, potentially not selecting Dak Prescott and going Cortland Sutton and or Sutton or Jamison Williams or yeah. pushing up a Jacoby Myers. You might like your build better because some of these that the fourteenth round on there was a lot of quarterbacks we could have kind of leaned into. But I will say, Billy, if we get carried by Josh Allen all season long, and then we get a situation where Detroit and Dallas are in a big shootout to end the year, and Dak Prescott and Jameer Gibbs are going nuts, that's kind of the out. I will say we're very pot committed to Stephon Diggs and AJ Brown, but again you're usually kind of pot, somewhat pot committed to your first two round picks uh, in, in this sort of a format. So we, we can't really fumble those ones. They've got to deliver for us. Stefan Diggs has got to continue to be a 17 plus point per game guy. And AJ Brown needs to be, he needs to return value on ADP. If AJ finishes his wide receiver 15, it's going to be a major disappointment, but I like some of the things we did. I want to quickly look at our colleague, Bradley Stalder's build. I think he did some interesting things. And he has a, a, a hyper-fragile running back build. He started out with Travis Kelsey, followed up with Tony Pollard. Then he correlated Kelsey with Mahomes. 
He made uh, a very that nice stack pick. is like 60% owned in this tournament. Did you know that? I it's it's this we t- we've talked about this on first class fantasy, how common the Travis Kelsey, Patrick it's Mahomes stack more is. Than 60% now. It you, when you use the early capital on Kelsey this year, you feel almost like you have to take Mahomes in the third. Yeah. And sometimes you see it in the second, Billy, and you're really losing a lot of edge doing it. But at the end of the day, Bradley got unique elsewhere because he went hyper-fragile at running back. He yeah. goes Christian Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, and Chris Godwin, uh, four, five, six. Takes Alexander Madison in a spot where I can see it. I don't love Madison, but getting him in the seventh round instead of the sixth round, you get at least get a little buffer. Then he gets a high upside uh Gabe Davis, uh, uh, always a solid veteran best ball guy. Traylon Burks, Jamison Williams. He correlates Jamison Williams with Jared Goff. Then he takes uh, Tyler Algier, Tyler Boyd, Trey McBride. Those are the third QB in Kyler Murray. Then follows up with Chuba Hubbard and Dwayne McBride, uh, Curtis Samuel, Michael Wilson, Deontay Hardy. So kind of a weird back half for, for Bradley, but I like the intention. And then we'll just quickly talk about uh, our friend Tyler Butcher's draft. I like what he did. Um, he got a very good value on Geno Smith, and he went with a Geno Smith Brock Purdy build. Um, but I, he's got G- uh, Geno with Lockett and Metcalf, so I really like what he did there. Tango and Cash did some very good things. Uh, very experienced FFPC drafter. He has a Keenan Allen Justin Herbert correlation, and he reached to get Gerald Everett to ensure that he got that stack. And he also added Quentin Johnson. So there's some well-built teams in this league. I think people benefited from a couple teams really, really reaching and being a little bit kind of all over <laughs> yeah. the place. So you always, you, you love to see that, but this was, uh, this was a lot of fun, Billy. I think we got to run it back on a live, on a live first class fantasy draft. This was, this was, uh, this was a good time, man. Yeah. I love Bradley start. I like his, uh, his first really 12, 13, 14 picks with Trey McBride. Uh, even honestly, like I think overall, I like I like that. I'm not crazy about Michael Wilson or Deontay Hardy. I think Shakir's more that receiver three. I think Bradley's le- leans in Deontay Hardy. Um, I think he's a little light at running back though. Um, yeah, very light. Dwayne McBride as your fifth is is a little ballsy. Uh, Chuba, I like more well, than he most. He went with the not to interrupt you, but he went with the the double tap of the Minnesota situation. Yeah. But where he did it, it's, it wouldn't be a, a, a situation I would love to double tap. Cause I think that there's like, it's a wild situation right now. You have a lot of uncertainty, but if he happens to hit on those two guys being the running back one and running back two in a decent offense, and they don't bring in another player, he could have something there. So it's not the worst double tap there. I mean, you see some people make egregious double taps, of two running backs uh, situations. But I mean, listen, Bradley understands the nature of the tournament and he went with a, a team that was a very like a high risk, high reward build. Yeah. I don't think he needs Kyler with this team though. I think that's his his biggest mistake of the whole draft. I'm fine with every other pick he made. I I like his team. Really. I like his team a lot overall. I would have liked to have probably seen like a Jerome Ford there around 15 over Kyler that would have given him six running backs and it would have given him another, you know, uh, bullet shot at, at at an upside play with Jerome Ford in case Chubb goes down. And we know that he's they don't always lean 100 percent to Chubb anyway, so we know he's going to be involved. Because if you have Patrick Mahomes, you don't need Kyler Murray, and you have Goff here as well. So um, I get the upside play with Murray and wanting to uh, 
you know, potentially shoot for um, that rushing upside late into into the push. And he's stacked it with with Michael Wilson, but um, I don't think he needs it with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think if he would have gone Alec Pierce instead of Kyler Murray there, I would have liked his build a lot more. And that's, you know, again, this is the nature of structural best ball builds where I'm talking about a wide receiver who is wide receiver 68 going ahead ahead of a quarterback who we think is very talented. But at the end of the day, when you spend a third rounder, I think in this sort of a tournament, you're better off becoming a two quarterback build. You you really, when yeah. you, when I'm, if I start my draft with a, like I'll say Trevor Lawrence is the cutoff line. If I, it's sixth round for me, I can still be, be fluid and I can be a three quarterback build. But if I'm using that early, early, early capital on a quarterback, then I'm a two quarterback build automatically. I think that's the best way to play it. Um, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you, Billy, almost completely on that. Yeah, I think um, looking at our team, I always like to see like what is our lineup going to look like weekly, right? We know Diggs and AJ Brown will slide into our wide receiver spots, Allen or quarterback spots. Then we get uh, two running back spots between Gibbs, Sanders, Cook, and Cook. More than likely, one of those guys fills the flex, and then more than likely, DJ Moore or Pittman or another one of those running backs fills the flex. And then, so I, I like the outs we have. I. Uh, I looking at it again, I like it probably a little bit more than a B saw B. I mean, maybe a B plus. I, I'm not crazy about our team though, but uh, overall I think it has some outs. Yeah, I think again, like we get it so caught up into trying to win the, the entire tournament. And I think that that should be the goal if you're going to enter a, a best ball tournament. But getting out of your own league and passing through and making that initial money, if you get into the postseason, things change in the postseason. Like we talked about, like we leaned into New England. We're going to be one of the only teams with, you know, Taekwon and and Pierre Strong and certain certain like really really like dart throw plays there. But the dart throw plays matter when you get a a seat at the table. And I think this team has a chance to pass through. So Billy, I mean, last time we drafted a best ball team, we were like standing on our heads. It was now we're like you know we we did we did enough to get by. But this was a lot of fun. Um, I'm really excited to host the Dominator. Uh, you're going to be watching this on Thursday. Look for the Dominator at noon on Friday with Adam Krautwurst and Mike Shope. We're going to be discussing FFPC high stakes strategy. Those two guys are really, really, really good at drafting and really, really good guys. Uh, check out also Billy and I had the honor of hosting Mind of Mansion with Sean Corner today. That was a lot of fun. I got some great feedback from it, but if you didn't see it, make sure you check it out. Uh, and check out Billy. Billy went on my my podcast press coverage. I didn't get a chance to watch it yet because this 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 week's been wild, Billy. Like <laughs> crossover been week's wild. been wild. This is my fourth podcast of the day, um, but it's so much fun. And I think we're doing really really big things here at Player Profiler. Uh, Billy, let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, of course, Player Profiler uh, on Twitter, FF Musio. I'm done podcasting for the week. Uh, I got all my podcasts, three of them done before Wednesday. Uh, and so it's going to be getting caught up. I got a big office day tomorrow with player profiler. So, uh, Thursdays and Mondays are my administrative days where I go through and, and get caught up on emails and projects and contracts. And so, uh, there's some, some big things coming down the pipeline, some new partners that we're excited to announce here coming closer into September that we're going to be working with and partnering with for the NFL season. Um, so we'll be announcing those shortly. I can't announce them yet, but I'm pretty excited about, uh, the, uh, new partnerships that we have coming up for Player Profiler. 
Yeah, and Billy's crushing it behind the scenes. Um, you know, you see him with the content, but a big uh, big hat tip to you, Billy, for all the all the really cool things you're doing. Um, yeah, we have the, the podcast now. This podcast, everybody, First Class Fantasy, can be found in Sleeper now, which is I pretty know, cool. It's awesome. It's awesome. Um, the location right now, they're going to be redesigning where that location is. Because right now, if you're in your team, you swipe all the way to the right or from the right to the left. Um, the podcast button's over there and First Class Fantasy pops up in there. Um, but they're going to be redesigning the app and it's going to be at the bottom of the page and it's going to be visible at all time podcasts. So you can be able to click it and listen to First Class Fantasy right in your sleeper app. Yeah, and and join us next week on First Class Fantasy. We have not announced the the August slate of guests yet, but we're going to have some bangers. We've we've really, I think a lot of our episodes are evergreen. Go back and check them out. But if this this is your first time, uh, you know, listening to us, we highly recommend that. But August, Billy, we're going to have some really really good ones. Uh, me and you crushed it, just the two of us last week. But uh, we're gonna we're back to bringing in some really really big hitters, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Everybody have a wonderful. Uh, rest of your day since this this i was about to say rest your night but uh (laughs) you're watching this in the afternoon so i hope you're not going to sleep right after uh but thanks for tuning in and uh we will see you next week on first class fantasy hey i want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in it's important to me that all of our media be free this is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show. Be sure to subscribe and activate those alerts so you get notified as soon as new videos drop. And be sure to check out playerprofiler.com. We have all the tools for you to dominate every type of fantasy league. We have a draft kit, Dynasty Deluxe, Data Analysis, DFS Dominator, and don't forget the player rankings to rule them all.